Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. With the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. His faithful Indian companion, Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. Nell Martin was a small, wiry woman of middle age who had spent her life in Omaha. When her bachelor brother died in the Texas town of San Felice, Nell inherited the Lone Star stage line. She sold her small store in Omaha and started southwest to claim the inheritance. The Butterfield line took her to within 10 miles of San Felice. There, she was met by a driver called Whip, who drove one of the stagecoaches Nell had been left by her brother Ben. Nell rode on the high seat with the driver. For a long time, she was silent. The rickety stage bounced and rocked on the rough road. Get up there, you critters. Get up there. Sakes alive, Whip. You mean to say people actually pay to ride on this thing? Some do, Miss Martin. But mostly our work is handling mail and freight. Are all the Lone Star coaches as run down as this one? The others just the same, ma'am. The others? You mean there are only two coaches? Yes, ma'am. Well, the Lone Star line is smaller than I thought. In addition to the coaches and horses, the brother on the station building, 
first-class stable behind you. Well, if Ben made a living, I reckon I'll do as well. What sort of a man is Bixby? How, how'd you know about him? Well, the lawyer who told me about the inheritance said Bixby was managing the company and would do so until I arrived. That's right, ma'am. Your brother was ailing for some time before he finally cashed in his chips. He hired Bixby to help him run the company. When Ben died, Bixby kept on handling things. He hopes she'll keep him on. Well, he'll stay until I get the hang of operating the stage line. And after that, we'll see. And now tell me about Sam Blake. You heard about him, too? Well, the lawyer said Blake wanted to buy the Lone Star outfit. His offer was just too low to consider. Uh, what's Blake's business? Well, uh, he he moves freight. You might say he's a rival, Miss Martin. He runs a Texas Ranger stage line. In San Felipe? Yep. You mean to say there's two stage lines in the one small town? That's right, ma'am. Oh, that's no doggone good. It's just like cutting each other's throats. I reckon that's why Blake tried to buy you out. And failing in that, that's why he tried to bust the Lone Star line. Hey, easy there. Easy now. Easy. Whoop. Yeah. Oh, it's getting rough here. Uh, hold on there, Whip. Uh, what's that you said about Blake trying to bust the Lone Star line? Bixby knows more about that, ma'am. I'll tell you how Blake has hired highwaymen to rob a stages. How he's poisoned the best horse. Now he sneaked into the shed and cut harness leather. Well, of all the meat. Hey, something's busted. Mother, whoa. I thought we'd tip over for sure. What happened? I'll know as soon as I get down. Have a look. Uh, busted axle. I'll just get down there and see for myself. All the cussed tricks, this is the worst. What are you talking about? Well, if you look underneath, see why that axle broke. We're sawed half through. Sawed? That's what I said. And it's more of Sam Blake's work. He had that axle sawed part through so it'd break when we hit the rough roads. You mean it was sawed before you left San Felice? It must have been. Well, then why did it hold up this long? I was traveling light on the way to meet you, Miss Martin. Your luggage with this rough road was more than the axle could take. That ornery polecat. Blake is just... Well, how do you know it was Sam Blake's work? Well, who else could it be? Well... Now, what are we to do? Oh, it's too far to walk to San Felice. I'll take one of the stage horses and ride bareback. I'll bring back a spare axle and tools and a buckboard. Unless you want to walk or ride a horse bareback, you'll have to wait here. I'll wait inside the stage out of the sun. The driver rode away, and Nell settled herself comfortably inside the coach. She had been there but a few minutes when an Indian approached. It was Tonto, the friend of the Lone Ranger, on his way to San Felice. He drew rein and dismounted beside the disabled stagecoach. Nell opened the door and stepped to the road. Well, what are you stopping for? You got ideas of stealing my luggage? Oh, no. Now, me think maybe you want help. You want ride to town? That's what I'm waiting for. And you ride my horse. Me walk, lead him. Well, I must say that's a generous offer, but no thanks. The driver's going to town for a buckboard. Oh. Are you Nell Martin? Well, how'd you know? Well, me here, you come to San Felice. Me Tonto. Tonto, eh? Ah. Well, you seem like a good engine. Well, me friend. That your man come this way? Hmm? A buckboard come this way from town. Oh, well, sure enough. Well, that's not mine. Whip hasn't had time to reach town to say nothing of getting back. 
Both Nell and Tonto watched the approaching wagon, driven by a short, round-faced man with a white mustache. The man stepped to the road, doffed his hat, and bowed. Well, a damsel in distress. I am at your service, ma'am. May I offer assistance? Thanks, mister. But unless you're toting a spare axle in that rig, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> I'll regret that to my dying day. Uh, maybe you passed my driver riding bareback to town. I did. Uh, he'll be back in a little while with an axle. You must be Nell Martin. Oh, sakes alive. Does everybody know about me? Well, that engine called me by my name, too. You wrote your lawyer when you'd arrived. Within the hour, the whole town knew it. Since then, we've been waiting to welcome you to our midst. I must say, Miss Nell, our little community will be brightened by your grace and charm. Oh, well, now, is that so? Instead of waiting here in the sun, please permit me to escort you to town. My, uh, my poor rig is at your service. Well, Mr... Uh, the name is Blake, Sam Blake. I'm glad to know you. Did you say Blake? Yes, I own the Texas Ranger well, Steam Flyer. Why, you're the one who's tried to bust my business because I wouldn't sail out. You cut harness poison horses. No, no, you're I... You're the one who had that axle sword so did break. But oh, now... I've heard all about you, you mealy-mouthed old goat. Yeah, what? Well, if I had a gun, I'd deal with you right now. Now, wait, You, I, you, you engine there, let me have your gun. You loco wildcat! Take your gun, Tato. Oh, you not need oh. gun. Him go. Get up! Get along there! Well, it's a good thing for him he cleared out. Uh, you got proof him make trouble? Well, not yet. But whipping Bixby should know what they're talking about. I'll have proof. You just wait and see. Now, if your offer still holds, I'd appreciate a ride to town. Uh-huh. Only trouble is I'm not wearing a divided skirt. I'll have to sit side saddle, and I'd likely fall unless you help me. Well, me help. Maybe you could ride behind the saddle and sort of hold me on. Ah. As Tonto and Nell neared town, they passed Whip the driver in a buckboard, returning to the stagecoach with a new axle and a man to help install it. A few minutes later, the woman from Omaha entered the office of the Lone Star stage line and met Lem Bixby. After a few generalities, she told about seeing Sam Blake and about riding to town on Toto's horse. I saw you dismounting, Miss Martin, and wondered where you met the Indian. Well, now you know. Does he plan to stay in town? No, he's going to buy some goods at the store and then head west to meet someone. Oh. And now, Bixby, tell me about Sam Blake. Did Whip mention the things he's done to hurt us? Whip told me he poisoned a horse, cut harness leather, and robbed our stages. Can you prove those charges? Well, here's how it was, Miss Martin. Blake bought poison, all right. Mm-hmm. Said it was to kill bugs in his garden. And two days later, we found a dead horse in the stable. Vet said it was poisoned. He found some of the poison in the oats. The same poison Blake had bought? Yes, ma'am. And another time, I woke up in the middle of the night. Happened to look out the window in my room upstairs. That's where I sleep. And I saw Blake sneaking away from the stable. I hurried out, found a lot of new harness cut to bits. You sure it was Blake? I'd recognize his round figure even if there hadn't been a full moon. But I couldn't prove it. You see, ma'am, it'd be his word against mine. Well, how about the highway robberies? Well, there was just one. But it cost plenty to make good the loss of a freight shipment. Two men robbed the stage. The driver gave a good description of them. And I recognized them as the men I'd seen the night before in the cafe talking to Sam Blake. What's that? Well, the fire gone. For sakes alive, there's a fire. Bixby, your stable's on fire. The stable? I, I smell the smoke. Better stay out of the way, Miss Martin. I'll handle things. Hey, boys, give me a hand. Get water in buckets. Help me get the horses out. 
Tahu was the first to reach the burning building just after the fire began. He had never seen fire spread more rapidly. He moved three frightened horses from the stable, and by that time, the entire place was a mass of flames. Good for you, Injun. Any more horses inside? No, no more. Can't save the stable. Throw water on the other building. Try to save them. Are you, you take care of horses. I'll lead them away from here. Let me go. Easy, Scout. Easy, fella. Get them up. Indian ride away so sudden. I don't know, ma'am. Seemed like he had something important to do. It was after dark when Tonto joined the Lone Ranger in a woodland camp not far from town. He reported events of the day, telling of meeting and aiding Nell Martin, of Sam Blake's plotting against the Lone Star Line, and of the fire. Me happened to see smoke at Doris' table. Ride there fast. Then see fella run out of stable. Mount horse right away. Maybe him start fire. You didn't go after him? No. First me want to save horses in stable. Me go inside and see flame all over floor. Smell coal oil. Coal oil? Ah. Flames leaped aloft where plenty hay piled high. Then fire go like gunpowder. Uh, could you save the horses? Oh, me save horses. And then right after man, me think start fire. Me out of sight. He... He followed tracks till dark, then come here. Well, the moon will rise in half an hour. Perhaps we can pick up the trail by moonlight, Toto. And that fellow know how fires start. Him inside stable. I wonder if he was hired by Sam Blake. Me not know. The loss of the stable may be disastrous to Nell Martin. She might try to salvage a little cash by selling out to Blake. Uh-huh. Toto, I'll saddle silver. We're moving. Uh-huh. Steady there, silver. Easy. How long will it take to reach the place where you lost the trail in darkness? Maybe half hour. It'll be moonlight by the time we get there. That's right. It's not hard to follow tracks on soft grass when moon bright. You show me those tracks, Tonto. I'll follow them alone. Uh, and what me do? Ride to San Felice. If Nell Martin decides to sell out, try to persuade her to wait. Easy, steady, uh, be ready. Monster! The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. showed the Lone Ranger the trail of the man who had fled from the burning stable. From there, the masked man went on alone, while the Indian rode to San Felice to prevail upon Nell Martin to postpone action if she decided to sell the Lone Star stage line. 
The Lone Ranger followed the trail across the plain. It led directly to a small lighted shack at the edge of a woods. Oh, be oh easy, silly big fellow. During the trip, the masked man had decided on a plan that might secure an admission of guilt by the man who had started the stable fire. Leading Silver into the woods, he removed his mask and outer clothing. With stains from the saddlebags, he darkened his complexion and hair. He dressed in buckskin clothing and tied a red cloth around his head like an Indian headband. Then he was ready. Leaving Silver in the woods, he approached the cabin on foot and entered without knocking on the door. Hey, what the... Oh, you better put that gun down, Injun. This is a stick-up you came to the wrong place. How much you paid for starting fire? What fire are you talking about? Fire at Lone Star Stable. You think no one see you? I told you once, you better put down that gun. Plenty time poor Indians sleep in hay. You were sleeping in the hayloft? You go to stable, spill plenty oil, start fire, then run. Now you pay, or me tell law. <laughs> so that's it, eh? You expect me to buy your silence? You pay, or me take you to law. Maybe law find footprints, match. Yours. I couldn't pay if I wanted to. I have no cash. You get cash from feller who hire you. You come. We call on him. That's not necessary, Redskin. He's right behind you. The Lone Ranger had not heard the opening door. For a moment, he thought the hard-faced man with a twisted grin was trying an old trick to make him turn his head. Then he knew that he was wrong. I'll get him, Spike! Woo! The Lone Ranger tried to leap aside, but too late. The barrel of a pistol crashed against the top of his head. He fell to the floor, unconscious. Good thing you came, Bixby. <laughs> I've learned to take precautions. I left my horse at a slight distance and looked through the window before I came in. Yeah, here's rope. Tie his hands behind his back and then his feet. He was in the hayloft. He saw me start the fire. I gathered as much. Make those ropes good and tight. The Lone Ranger regained consciousness while Spike was tying his feet. His hands were already tightly bound behind his back. He remained limp with his eyes closed, feigning unconsciousness in the hope of learning more of the plot against Nell Martin. How are things in town, Bixby? Did the fire destroy the stables? Stables burned to the ground. But my plans aren't working out as well as I figured they would. I left that coal oil you stole from Blake near the stable door. Was it found? Yeah. Well, that should be evidence against Sam Blake. Has the name of his stage line painted on it. Oh, he admits it is. Came into our office while the sheriff was talking to Nell Martin and me. He saw the oil can, said it was his, but he denied doing anything to hurt the Lone Star Company. Made another offer to buy the outfit from Miss Martin. What did she say? She still refuses to sell. Was Blake arrested? No, there's not enough evidence to prefer charges against him. <laughs> you figured your plan was so simple. Yeah, I thought we'd break the Lone Star line and frame Blake into jail. He couldn't operate his company from jail, so... I was going to buy his equipment and horses, get the franchise and mail contract. He'll still work, Bixby. You've simply got to make an airtight case against Sam Blake. Oh, but he's a slick talker. He'll talk his way out of anything. He could talk it. Hold on. Have you got an idea? Yeah. Dead men can't talk. And besides, we have to do something about this redskin. We can't leave him alive to tell what he knows. We'll get rid of him and Blake at the same time. Now listen. We'll need help. Where's that friend of yours who helped you stick up the stagecoach? Who, Joe? Yeah. As far as I know, he's in that hunter's cabin near the draw. All right, get him and bring him back here. Then the two of you bring this engine to my office. I'll leave the door unlocked. <laughs> 
Just be sure this Indian's gagged as well as tied. Well, I'll start for Joe's place right away. Reckon it'll be all right to leave the Indian here, huh? Yeah. I'll be waiting for you in my office. For a long time after the two men left, the Lone Ranger struggled against the ropes that held his arms and legs and the gag that had been placed in his mouth. It was well after midnight before he realized the futility and hopelessness of trying to get loose. Then he saw the door swing open and Tonto appeared. Recognition was quick, despite the Lone Ranger's disguise. Tonto whipped out his knife as he crossed the floor. He cut away the gag and then the ropes. Thanks, Tonto. I didn't expect help. I thought you'd be in town. When me learn woman not intend to sell out company, me go back to camp. You not there, so me follow trail. Tonto, Miss Martin's manager has made all the trouble. Him named Bixie? Yes. He came here and caught me off guard. He hired a man named Spike to set fire to the stable. You got proof of that? No, but we may get evidence against those men tonight. They're planning a final move. It calls for a double murder. I'll trap them with your help. Uh Uh-huh. What me do? Replace the gag and ropes, but make them loose so I can slip out of them when I have to. Now, Silver's in the woods near this cabin. Take him with you and take my regular clothing. Leave Scout in his place. Ah, me savvy. Then go back to town. You'll have to waken several people. It was half past three in the morning. Bixby sat alone in the office of the Lone Star stagecoach line. The only light was that of the moon which slanted in the large front windows. The smell of smoke from the burned stable behind the building still hung in the air. Presently, the manager heard the back door open. Well, at last. Good work, Spike. I see you brought your pal. Yeah, and the engine. Have any trouble with him? No. We found his horse in the woods near the shack. We just threw him across the saddle. (laughs) He didn't like it. Now what? I'll watch the Indian. You two go across the street. Sam Blake has living quarters in the rear of his place. I know that. Wake him, make him get dressed. Then gag and tie him and bring him here. While you're at it, bring another can of coal oil from a storeroom. Coal oil? You plan another fire? Yeah, a final one. Sam Blake was roused from a sound sleep. A wad of cloth was stuffed into his mouth and tied in place. When fully dressed, his hands were tied behind his back. A gun poked him and a voice said, Walk across the street and go around to the back door of the Lone Star office. You make any sound and I'll crease your head with this gun barrel. Here's Blake. Bye. Joe has the coal oil. Right here, Big Speak. Should we spill it over the floor, same as in the stable? Yeah, but wait till you hear the instructions. Now, here's the story that I'm going to tell. I'll say I was in my room upstairs. I heard someone moving down here. I took my gun and I started down the stairs. I smelled coal oil. Someone tossed a match and the whole floor seemed to burst into flames. I saw two men running out the back door. So I opened fire and got them both in the back. Meaning Sam Blake and the Indian. Right. There'll be two dead men behind the place to back your story. And no one to deny it. Now, we'll have to time it careful. We spill the coal oil, get all set to start the fire. Then we'll take Blake and the Indian to the rear door and wrap them on the head so they can't spoil things. I'll put bullets through them while you boys start the fire. Be sure the bullets are in the right position. (laughs) You leave that to me. Now, when you've started the fire, clear out. I'll rush out the back door yelling bloody murder. Just one thing, Big Well... Joe and I expect to be hate passive for this job, you know. You've been well paid for everything you did. You split over $2,000 that you took from that stagecoach. And I gave you 100 for the stable fire. Well, this is different. We want to be full partners with you when you take over the stage line business. Now, hold on, Spike. That's a deal. 
Take it or leave it. You leave it, Bixby, and we'll just untie Blake's hands and let him go. Remember, he's heard all you said. Why? All right, it's a deal. Now grab Blake and the Indian and bring him to the back door. I'll spread this coal oil. Joe, you take Blake. I'll take care of the Indian. Cut the ropes around his feet and make a walk to the door. Yeah. Come on, Blake. On your feet. <laughs> you don't like what you heard, huh? Come on, get moving. All right, you two, Injun. Cut the ropes around your feet. Yeah. All right, stand up and walk. Come on. The Lone Ranger, still disguised as an Indian, had drawn his ankles slightly apart so Spike, in cutting the rope, would not notice that it was loose. Prodded by a gun, he moved to the door, which Bixby opened. Then suddenly the rope fell from his wrists, and he pushed the gag from his mouth as he turned and swung his fist. Hey, what the... That's a start. The Indian... The sheriff! The sheriff leaped through the rear door, followed by Whit, the stagecoach driver. Joe stepped from behind Sam Blake to bring his gun to bear, but the Lone Ranger had anticipated such a move. No good, Joe. The side of the Lone Ranger's hand sliced like an axe on Joe's wrist. He must have a here gun. Don't shoot! Don't shoot! My hands are up! Toto, ungag Sam Blake. Uh-huh. Let me fix him. Someone light a lamp. I'll do it, Sheriff. I know where it is. Only take a second. For you... We're full of questions, yeah, eh, Bixby? Well, well, Whip and I were close enough to the back window to hear all what you said. No. No. Bixby was going to murder us in cold blood, Sheriff. I um, know. The man named Spike set fire to the stable. And Bixby paid him $100. We heard that. These Spike. two robbed Nell Martin's stagecoach. Heard that too, Blake. Uh, looks like you're packing no sneak guns, Bixby. No. Now stick up your hands. I have the handcuffs ready. Come on, Nell. We've dehorned these crooks. They're harmless as kittens. I heard all that was said in here. Bixby, you sneaking, thieving, double-crossing... Oh, Sam, I'm so sorry. To think of how I misjudged you. Will you ever forgive me? Oh, I... Dear lady... And the way I talked to you yesterday and refused to ride in the buckboard. Sheriff, I think you have no further need of Toto and me. Well, that man don't talk like a redskin. I'm not an Indian, now. Mighty obliged to you, mister. You sure cleared up a situation here in San Felice. Thank you, Sheriff. Uh, silver waiting out back. Good enough. I'd be glad to get out of this disguise. Miss Nell, Bixby had an idea of running a stage line. He figured that one line operating out of San Felice could make a lot of money. It probably could. Miss Nell, though you've lost some of your property, I'll renew the offer to buy your Lone Star line. In fact, I'll raise the price. Sam Blake, would you sell out the Texas Ranger line? Well, no, of course not. I... Well, why in thunder don't you merge the two lines? Merge? Capital idea. Splendid idea, a merger. Well, now, that sounds just fine. We might even uh, merge the name. Instead of Lone Star and Texas Ranger, let's take a word from each of our names and call it the Texas Star. How's that sound? Good. The Texas Star stage lines, eh? Blake? I'd say you should use the other two words. Leave out Texas, leave out Star, and call it after the man who made it possible, the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, and directed by Charles D. Livingston. Tonight's drama was written by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. <laughs>